Hey, this is Rodney Gage. I'm the pastor of Rethink Life Church in Orlando, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out today. I hope it encourages and inspires you to live with a new perspective, make better choices, and have a greater impact with your life. Here's today's message. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Church Online here at Rethink Life. Hey, we are so honored that you've chosen to worship with us, and I'm joined by some of our team, and we just want to say a warm welcome to all of you. So team, won't we give those that are watching us today a round of applause and welcome them into our experience. Man, I don't know if I've ever been as personally excited about a message series as I am this particular series. And the reason being is because we're calling it the Songs of Christmas. And man, I'm just pumped for this Christmas season. And it's just a very special time. It's been a unique year. And I think it's a great way for us to finish this unusual year of 2020 on a hope-filled, life-giving high note because we're, we're talking about the celebration of the birthday of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so because of that, man, we have some exciting songs that we're going to be exposing, and I'll talk to you a little bit more about that in just a second. But one of the things that we're actually doing that makes me even more excited And really just proud because our team has worked so hard. The Rethink Life worship team has actually recorded four unique Christmas songs. We're calling them the Songs of Christmas. They have been produced by our own team. They've been arranged by our own team. And uh, you are going to be blessed by these songs during this Christmas season. So be on the lookout. Make sure you are following us on social media because we're getting ready to drop our very first Rethink Life Christmas EP, and it's going to be a a huge blessing to your life. And then in addition to that, we've actually taken 25 of some of the most uh, probably all-time favorite classic Christmas songs, and what we've done is we've paired some scriptures with those, and we've put together a 25-day Songs of Christmas, okay, Advent devotional that you and your family are going to want to take advantage of to really prepare our hearts as we get ready to really get into the heart of this Christmas season, but most importantly, to prepare our hearts as we worship the King of, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So what is, what, these are some great opportunities for you to be encouraged, but also have the opportunity to reach out to friends because these are some life-giving resources and tools that you're going to want to make sure that you share with your friends and family members and coworkers. And man, we are planning an exciting month that we cannot wait to experience with you. So with that, um, I just want to take a few moments and share with you, um, just for me personally, Christmas is just one of those special times of the year. I don't know, for me, I think it's just more of an emotional connection. I just love the I love the feel of Christmas. I love the sights. I love the sounds. I even love the smell of Christmas. I don't know if Christmas actually has a smell, but for me it does. It's just something about Christmas that just kind of, I don't know, it just... I know this sounds a little cheesy, but it just warms my heart. It just kind of gives me a, a sense of hope and optimism because it, it just, I don't know, it just contains so much emotion. And obviously this has been an emotional year. It's been a just an, one of those unexpected, you know, roller coaster rides that none of us obviously predicted at the beginning of this year. In fact, this time last year at Christmas, none of us were thinking about a coronavirus, that's for sure. But, you know, with that in mind, it has caused me to really just take some 
I think, some hard looks over this year and I think just reflect on some things. And unfortunately, we received some difficult news um, recently. In fact, my wife, Michelle, her father, my father-in-law, uh, Dr. Rod Masteller, was um, diagnosed with the coronavirus recently and he's still battling as we speak. Uh, he's still in ICU in the hospital. And, and so Michelle, when she learned the news, she instantly dropped what she was doing. She flew home to be with her family. And, and one of the things that she told me before she left, in fact, she had been talking about it. And she said, you know, in light of everything going on with Thanksgiving and things that are taking place, she said, I just wish that I just wish there was a way to get all the Christmas decorations up. And so I thought I would be a, you know, a good husband, you know, get kind of earn some, some year-end points, you know what I'm saying? And so I went ahead and I put up the Christmas tree. I'm telling you, I mean, with no help, okay? I mean, I kid you not, man, I was flying solo on this project. First time ever, I single-handedly put up the Christmas tree. So yeah, I'm, I'm a little proud, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I was... You know, I'm kind of, I'm still kind of patting myself on the shoulder on that because I'm usually dependent upon Michelle and, you know, she puts her touch on it. And, and, uh, but anyway, I just went ahead and pulled all the Christmas decor out. As a matter of fact, I got an early sneak peek. I got an early copy of one of our Rethink Life uh, Christmas songs. So I, I turned it on. And so I'm putting up the tree, putting on some of the decorations. It's just me and my dog, Bougie, because my son Luke was out of the town. It's another reason why I was doing it all by myself. And so it's just me. It's the Christmas tree. It's my dog, Bougie, and the Rethink Life worship playing in the background. The, the awesome Christmas song that, that we'll be talking about here in a few moments. But I'll, I'll be honest with you, I had one of those Clark Griswold moments, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I just, I just had a moment because it was one of those moments where it's like, wow, you know, this is that, this is that ooey-gooey emotional feel sometimes that we get during the Christmas season. And I think one of the reasons why you know, we're doing this series called The Songs of Christmas is because, you know, there's just something powerful about music in general. I mean, it's the universal language of the world. And, you know, there's just, God just uses music, you know, to minister to our hearts and to speak to our hearts. And, you know, and so that's one of the reasons why we're calling this season The Songs of Christmas. And so what we're going to be doing is we're going to be learning some biblical truths that we can apply to our lives from some of our most favorite Christmas songs of all time. Now, I'm not talking about songs like, you know, Jingle Bells or Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer or I Saw Mommy Chris, uh, Kissing Santa Claus Under the Christmas Tree. You know, <laughs> we're not going there. You know what I'm saying? So what we're actually talking about is we're talking about the hope and the forgiveness that is found in Jesus Christ. And so one of the songs that we're going to be talking about today and we're going to be releasing on our new uh, album that we're or new EP that we're super excited about is the song called Oh Holy Night. And I want to share with you a little bit about that song. I want to give you a little introduction to the background, uh, really the backstory of this particular song, one of the great all-time Christmas classics. And in just a moment, our team is going to come and actually sing this song. But before they do, I just want to share something with you because what's interesting is that the song was actually written in the, in the mid-1800s. 
And it was actually, um, really, it was actually just initiated by a parish priest. And he was known by the name of Placide Capot, okay? And what's interesting is he was, a free, he was a French merchant. He was also a poet. And so he was known for a lot of the great um, poetry that he had uh, written. And, and so over the course of time, this individual um, was asked by this parish priest to actually write a poem to Luke chapter 2. Now, we all know that Luke chapter 2, if you've been around the church at all, you probably have heard the Christmas story, the original Christmas story, read by the classic passage there in Luke chapter 2. Well, five decades later, fast forward, in 1906, a man by the name of Reginald Fessenden, okay, Reginald Fessenden. He was a 33-year-old Canadian professor. He was also an entrepreneur. He, he was an inventor. He had many, many patents over the course of his lifetime and his and career. And one day, he actually made a makeshift generator, and he happened to plug a microphone into this generator through the invention, okay, that he had originated. And as a result... He was able to invent, if you will, the very first radio broadcast in the history of the world. Now, here's what's interesting. What's interesting is that that particular broadcast happened to fall on Christmas Eve. And it was through this particular radio broadcast that was through the transmission of AM radio, the frequency that literally was spread throughout the world. And guess what was actually shared on the very first broadcast in the history of the world? It was the reading of Luke chapter 2. Now that's fascinating to me. And yet through Luke chapter 2, when uh, Mr. Fessenden had completed the reading of Luke chapter 2, He picked up his violin and he began to play the chords of this song called O Holy Night that originated from the poem from Mr. Placide. And so when you think about this, what a powerful story as it began and this song, O Holy Night, was played and it was the very first song that the world perhaps had ever heard through the transmission of AM radio. Let's let's listen to O Holy Night. Thrill of hope, the weary world. 
Wasn't that a powerful, powerful song? You know, one of the phrases that I want to just lock in on for a few moments as it relates to that particular song is the phrase, and here it goes, a thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. Then it says in following, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. You know, what I want to do for the next few moments is I want to lock in on two specific words from that particular song called O Holy Night. And it's the two words that I believe that best describes where we currently are in this, in this season, really in this time of our lives in 2020. And that is the words weary world, because that's exactly what many people have endured in 2020. Man, we face a world that has grown weary. We are in a weary world that is battling so many difficulties. 
that unfortunately things like the coronavirus has brought upon so many people's lives and then the ripple effect of all the other challenges that unfortunately has caused many people to experience a season of darkness and disappointment. And really, they have grown weary as a result. But here's the good news. And the good news is, is the song also says, but there is the thrill of hope. And so the good news is, is that we don't have to stay in that place of being, being weary of the challenges and the disappointments and the heartache that we've endured. Because if anybody can relate to what it's like to live in a weary world, it is a young couple by the name of Mary and Joseph. Because we all know that for their situation, unfortunately through their circumstances, they were living in a weary world themselves. And here they were getting ready to you know, plan for you know, this exciting time of their lives when they were engaged to get married. And then all of a sudden, when Mary was chosen by God to conceive and to give birth, she conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and she gave birth to the was going to be giving birth to the Christ child. And so you can imagine this massive disruption to their plans and, and all of the hopes and dreams and aspirations that this young couple had in front of them. And then suddenly their world was rocked. Suddenly, all of a sudden, the chaos and the confusion that, 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 that just gripped their hearts. And so they were experiencing what so many people were experiencing during that time. But here's the thing, in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of the confusion, listen, it became more and more of a thrill of hope when she began to realize exactly what her assignment was, and that was to give birth to the Son of the living God. And so in that moment, the weary world did something that I believe in this Christmas season that we all need to do, and that is we need to focus our attention on the thrill of hope. Because when the thrill of hope, when the announcement of the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ was given over 2,000 years ago, Guess what that weary world actually did? The Bible says that they rejoiced. And so in the same way that that weary world suddenly had a moment where they encountered the very presence of God through the birth of Jesus Christ, I believe that that's exactly what many of us need to experience during this season. We need to have our own moment where we not only experience the presence of God, but we understand that there is a thrill of hope. And yet we may be going through some difficult times, but the good news is there is hope that is found in yeah. Jesus Christ. Amen. We may be living in a weary world, but just like Jesus said, I have overcome the world. And because he overcame the world, we too can overcome the weariness and the struggles and the challenges that we are facing in our lives. So here's the thing. Every time you hear this song throughout this season, we encourage you once again to, to get our EP because as you hear the song, Oh Holy Night, when you hear those songs, when you, excuse me, when you hear the message of that song talking about the weary world, focus on the lyrics of the thrill of hope. Focus on the fact that there is a moment where we can rejoice because listen, what we're experiencing now, okay, is just in the temporal. 
But listen, we have an eternal hope that awaits us and we can rejoice knowing that God is in control and he has a good, he has a pleasing, and he has a perfect will for each of our lives. In other words, there is a new and glorious morn that awaits us because of the new beginnings that Jesus Christ brings into our lives. And so today what I want to do for the next few moments is I want to share with you a passage of Scripture. If you have your notes, you can uh, follow along with me. If you have your Bibles, I would encourage you to open them up to the book of Lamentations. Lamentations chapter 3. And the prophet Jeremiah wrote these words approximately around 586 B.C., Now, this is a time when Jerusalem, unfortunately, had fallen into the hands of the Babylonians. And and during this time, you know, they were they were they were they were really going through some hardships and some they were in a season of mourning because the temple had been destroyed. Um, They had been taken from their homeland. And so here we have the prophet Jeremiah. And through this situation, he himself is experiencing mourning. He himself is experiencing the heartache and the disappointment and the discouragement because of everything that had gone on. However, he shifts his mood. He suddenly shifts his emotions away from the weariness of everything taking place to the glorious hope. He began to shift his focus on the faith and the hope to what lied ahead. And here's what Lamentations chapter 3 verse 20 and following says. He says, I well remember them. In other words, he was keeping the truth and the promises of God in the front of his mind. And I think that's so important in this season where we are, unfortunately, where we're being distracted by so many things. We're being pulled by so much negativity that if we're not careful, the lies and the deception and all the things going on in this world can take precedence. In other words, they can eclipse the truths and the promises and the principles of the Word of God. But what did Jeremiah do? Jeremiah, actually, he said, I remember them. So he put them back at the forefront of his mind. And he said, and my soul is downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind. And therefore, I have hope. In verse 22, he says, Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for His compassions never fail. And in verse 23, he says, They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for Him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in Him. To the one who seeks Him, it is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Man, what an amazing thing that can take place in our lives when we realize that one day in the presence of God, listen, one day with Jesus being made alive in our lives, what a difference one day with Jesus can make, no matter what you're going through, no matter how weary you might be in your own world, in your life, one day with Jesus, I'm telling you, can change everything in your life. And so here are three things that I want to share with you. Number one is this, if you take notes, and that is, listen, a new day with Jesus will give you exactly what you need. Let me repeat that. It will give you exactly what you need. Many years ago, I heard a man, his name was Ron Dunn. He was a very dear friend of my father. And he was a great um, pastor and teacher of the Bible. And 
Um, I'll never forget, he made this statement. He said, you know, he said, we often say Jesus is all we need. But he went on to expound on that. And he said, but you will never know if Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you have. Because when Jesus is all you have, then you discover that Jesus is all that you need. And I think sometimes we live in this world where there's so much tension between our needs and our wants. You know, the world is always trying to remind you of all the things that you need and remind you of all the things that you don't have. What does that do? It makes us want one even more of all the things that we don't have, right? But they're not necessarily our true needs. They may be wants. They may be ambitions. They may be desires. But here's the thing. One of the challenges that sometimes that we get caught up in in this world of materialism and consumerism and you know, this, this, this instant gratification culture in which we live is sometimes we get fixated on the things that we want rather than focusing on this day and the things that I need. And here's what Jeremiah said there in verse 24. In Lamentations 3, verse 24, he said, I say to myself, he said, I say to myself, in other words, he's preaching to himself, he's reminding himself of the truth of God's word and the lies of the enemy. What did he say? The Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. Most scholars believe that that word portion is actually symbolic and really tying it to what the people of Israel experienced when they left Egypt. And you remember they were, uh, they were leaving Egypt and they were headed towards the land that God had prepared and had promised them and, and He was going to give provision for them. And remember, He gave manna from heaven. So each day they, would, they were given just the amount of portion or supply of the manna that they actually needed. They couldn't keep the leftovers. In other words, there wasn't any doggy bags to be had on the trip, okay? No, because it would spoil. And so therefore, every day God provided manna and every day God gave them the exact portion that they actually needed. And then what do we learn? We learn also in the Lord's Prayer where Jesus taught His disciples on how to pray. What did He say? He said, give us this day our daily bread. What was He emphasizing? What He was emphasizing is that, hey, don't get focused on tomorrow. Don't focus on all the things that you don't have. No, just focus on today because God's portion of what He provides today is all that you need. And I think that's so important for us to remind ourselves that, listen, if you're in a situation that maybe you feel overwhelmed by, maybe you're facing some challenges that has tripped you up in your life, maybe it's a marriage relationship, maybe it's a financial situation, maybe it's something with your job, I just want you to understand something, that, listen, whatever you need, Jesus is enough in your life today to get you through whatever it is that you're going through in your life. So, hey, if you're feeling weak and weary, hey, Jesus is enough today to meet whatever need that you, ha that you have. Listen, if you feel defeated or down or maybe depressed in your spirit and in your emotions today, listen, I want you to know that Jesus is all you need. He is enough for you emotionally. He can feel whatever it is that's missing because He is the only one who can truly satisfy what you need today. 
And so I just want to encourage you with that because listen, when we think about what Jeremiah reminded us with there in Lamentations 3, what did he say? I will say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. So a new day with Jesus, when we focus in on him, when we allow him to be Lord, when we allow him to be our provision, our provider, guess what? He is enough. He gives us exactly what we need. The second thing that I want to share with you is this, number two, and that is one day with Jesus can also give us the hope to keep going. It gives us the hope to keep going. You know, I think one of the things that this season has, I don't know, I think it's brought um, about in many people's lives is this subject of resiliency. You know, a lot of people have been wanting just to throw in the towel and quit. Quitting on relationships, quitting on their careers, their jobs, just quitting on their hopes and their dreams, just basically just wanting to give up. And I heard someone say that, you know, it's, it's, not, you know, it's not about how tough you are. It's about how long you're tough. In other words, there's got to be a spirit of sticking with God. Because if, if we're not careful, we can begin to shift blame on God. We can start looking to God and pointing our finger at Him and say, well, if you truly loved me, if you truly cared about us, then why are all these things happening? We can allow the enemy to cause us to drift further and further away to where we live with a sense of despair and even hopelessness in our lives. And that's where a lot of people are. A lot of people are filled with a sense of hopelessness in their lives. That's the reason why, listen, everything that's bad is up. You know what I'm saying? You know, depression is up. You know, anxiety is up. Stress is up. You know, addiction is up. Divorce is up. Suicide is up. All the bad things are up. Why? Because people have lost a sense of hopelessness in their lives. I heard someone would say, you can live 40 days or so without food, eight days or so without water, four minutes or so without air, but you can only live a few seconds without hope. What's the definition of hope? It's the feeling that what is wanted can be had or certain events or circumstances will turn out for the best. What did Jeremiah say in Lamentations 3, verse 25? He said, The Lord is good to those whose hope is in Him, to the one who seeks Him. You know, I just believe that in this hope-deprived culture and world in which we're living, the worst thing we can do is give up hope. Because listen, Jesus, Jesus is the hope that you need. We all need hope because our hope, listen, if we want things to change, if we want our circumstances to change, if the, if the, if the events that, that we are hoping for is going to be turned around for the good in our lives, it's not going to be based upon what a president might do. It's not going to be based upon what some vaccine might do. It's not going to be based upon all of these things, and some of those can be good things, but I'm here to tell you those things can be stripped away. Listen, everything in this world is fragile, but the only hope and anchor that we have to our very souls 
is tied to the hope that we have in the promises of God. I love what in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 says, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm for God can be trusted to keep his promise. I love that. You ought to put that on your refrigerator and post it. Listen to where you can see it. Why? Because we need to cling to the rope of hope and don't let go. Because the hope of rope is attached to the promises, the unwavering truths and promises of God. God's got your back. He's going to see you through what you're going through in the season where there may not be any hope. There's hope in the one that we can place our hope in. His name is Jesus. So hold on to the rope of hope unwaveringly, tightly. Don't let go because he is the anchor to your very soul. One of the things that um, my wife, Michelle, and her sisters have been doing, which has been such an encouragement to not just our family, but to so many people who've been kind of walking through this journey with her father, my father-in-law, um, who is, has been in ICU even this week, and they've been saying that, hey, this is, this is a long journey. This is a long fight, and there are going to be highs, and there are going to be, be lows. There are going to be moments when he's making improvements, and then there's going to be setbacks, and it's been kind of this, this roller coaster ride that we've been on, but here's the thing that they've been doing, and it's been so reassuring to so many people who've been following along and praying. And by the way, we appreciate all of those who've been praying and standing with us in the season that he's going through as he's fighting his own you know, COVID battle. But here's the thing. One of the things that is ministered to so many people is just the scripture verses, because we've been claiming the promises of God, claiming scripture. There is power in prayer. So listen, when you begin to pray the scripture, when you begin to pray the promises, you stand on those promises. Listen, you begin to walk out those promises in your lives. I'm telling you, it is the hope that's going to get you through those weary world moments that you are encountering in your lives. Why? Because the promises bring the thrill of hope. The promises bring us that glorious, that beautiful day that God is going to bring to our lives, knowing that, listen, we are going to overcome. We're going to get through this darkness that we are experiencing in our lives. And so one day with Jesus, that moment that we encounter with him, listen, it not only gives us the opportunity to experience exactly what we need, and not only does it give us the hope that we need to keep on going, but thirdly, it listen, it is the help that we are also seeking in our everyday lives. Lamentations 3, verse 26, Jeremiah said it this way, It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. And there may be some of you here today, and you know maybe that's what you're needing. You're needing the very salvation of your soul. You need to have a moment yourself, personally, in your own heart, where you put your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ to be your Lord and your Savior. Listen, because without Him, we have no hope. There's no eternal life in heaven. God sent His one and only Son. God came to earth, Emmanuel. We're going to be doing a song about that as well. We're super excited to bring that message. But 
The sneak peek version of that is that, listen, God, Emmanuel, which says God with us, means God with us. He sent his son. God came to earth in the form of his son. He became one of us. Why? So he could relate to us, identify with us, but ultimately save us from our sins. That separates us from God. And maybe that's what you need. You need the salvation that maybe has come today and it's available for you in your own life. Some of you, maybe you have already been, you know, a part of the family of God. You've already put your faith in Jesus Christ and you know Him as your Savior. Maybe you've wavered. Maybe you've drifted. Maybe you've allowed the, the weariness of our world to get you off track. But I want you to remember this, that listen, one day in the presence of God, one day when Jesus can change everything. Why? Because He can give you the help that maybe you're seeking in your own life as a follower that has drifted in your relationship with Christ. You remember the story of Lazarus? Remember Lazarus? He was one of Jesus' closest friends. And, you know, the shortest verse in the Bible, in John chapter 4, verse 35, it says, And Jesus wept. But that's all tied to the story of Lazarus. And what's interesting is that Lazarus, he, he had died, and he was dead for four days, okay? As a fact, if you read the King James Version of the story, it actually says, and I'll quote, he stinketh. <laughs> so you know you're dead when the King James Version says you stinketh, you know what I'm saying? So here, here he was, he was, he was dead for four days, and Jesus showed up on the scene. And what did Jesus do? Jesus resurrected Lazarus, who had been dead for four days. What does that say to you and me? It just simply says that God has the ability to resurrect a dead marriage. God has the ability to resurrect a dead dream. God has the ability to resurrect whatever it is that's dead in your life. He can bring it back to life. Remember the, the, the story of the woman with the issue of blood who had gone through so much pain and suffering for 12 long years. It was humiliating. It was painful. It was embarrassing to her life. And yet here she was in a moment of desperation. What did she do? She simply reached out and touched the hem of the garment of Jesus Christ. And as a result, she was instantly healed. I'm telling you, God can instantly turn things around in your life if you will simply reach out to Him in your deepest, darkest hour. You remember the man that was born paralyzed? 30, listen to this, for 38 years, he had literally sat on a mat there at the pool of Bethesda until Jesus showed up and said, pick up your mat, you're healed. And he walked away in that moment. Listen, I'm telling you today, Whatever it is, maybe you need spiritual healing, emotional healing, relational healing. Whatever it is, I'm telling you, with Jesus Christ, He can give you everything that you need. Because you see, when Jesus is all that you have, Jesus is all that you need. And so when you think about that song, O Holy Night, remember the weary world in which we're living, but also remember the thrill of hope that is found in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because when we encounter Him, when we experience His presence, when we allow Him to change our hearts and change our lives, listen to this, there will be a rejoicing that comes knowing that, listen, man, 
Whatever the enemy, enemy meant for evil, God's going to turn it around and he's going to bring it out for the greater good. And I believe, man, there may be weeping at night, but joy comes in the morning. God's mercies are fresh and new each and every day because we serve a God who's a good God. He's a God of second chances and he's a God of new beginnings. And he is the one who wants you to live your life in that kind of victory and you can experience it in your relationship with him. So I want to invite you, if you would, to go ahead and bow your head and close your eyes and wherever you might be in this moment. And I just want to invite you, if you've never put your faith and your trust in Jesus, can I invite you right where you are to make life's greatest decision? In other words, today, make Jesus the Lord of your life. Allow him to forgive you of your sin. And today, you can have the peace knowing that you will spend eternity in a home, an eternal home called heaven. And if that's your need, would you pray this prayer with me? You can say something like this. Just say, Dear God, I confess that I am a sinner. Today I believe that Jesus died and he arose again. And today by faith, I'm inviting Jesus into my life to forgive me and to save me. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul today. Hey, if you just prayed that prayer just then, I just want you to know you just made life's greatest decision. I want you to know that the angels in heaven are rejoicing because of you praying that prayer. And team, would you give those today a round of applause and welcome them into the family of God. And can I just say, listen, there on your screen, there is a number that you can uh, simply text the words, I decided. We, listen, we want to send you a little PDF, a little booklet that will help you get started in your new relationship with Jesus Christ. And um, I can't think of a greater tool for you to have in your hands than this little booklet we put together called Rethinking Life Every Day. So it's available if you just want to maybe put in the comment section there if you're watching on Facebook or wherever you're watching. But listen, make sure you get that booklet, okay? And we want to get it to you immediately, and it would be a great source of help and encouragement. And I really do hope that you'll join us tonight, or excuse me, right after this service, I should say. Join us because we're having something called Starting Point, and it's just a conversation on how you can begin your new journey and getting plugged into the family of God. We can't wait to see you back next Sunday for week two of the Songs of Christmas. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, it would mean a great deal to us if you would consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. You can click on the share button, take a screenshot, and share it on your social stories. And be sure to tag us at Rethink Life Church. To learn more about our church, check out RethinkLife.com. Until next time, hey, we love you and believe the best is yet to come in your life.